we don't live in a time now where you can just design something because you want to design it. What can we do? How do we somehow find the balance of keeping the enjoyment of fashion, but thinking about the impact of clothing on the planet? This is a clip from the new film Fashion Reimagined, which is out now in the UK and Ireland with further releases around the world to come. The film is a documentary following the fashion designer Amy Powney during her journey to creating her no-frills fashion collection that's ethical and sustainable at every single level. In this episode of Lives Tomorrow, I'm absolutely thrilled to have the star of the film, Amy, as my guest. As well as starring the film, she's also the creative director of sustainable fashion brand Mother of Pearl. Now, I thought that Amy and I would only be talking about fashion in this episode, but we end up talking about so much more. What our lives of tomorrow need to look like in order to sustain our planet, the fight to build a brand with a passion for sustainability, and how we as consumers need to be thinking forward and acting responsibly in the future. So with this, welcome back to Lives of Tomorrow. My name is Carla Bazashi, and I'm the CEO of WGSN, the world's leading consumer insight and trend forecasting company. I started my conversation with Amy by letting her introduce herself. Hi, I'm Amy and I'm the creative director of Mother of Pearl and I'm currently the subject of the film Fashion Reimagined, which will be out in cinemas on the 3rd of March. The subject of, I think you really should be saying the star of, but I think <laughs> I couldn't typical. bring myself to say that. <laughs> it's typically <laughs> understated of you to position it that way. Okay, before we start talking about the film and about your label and the journey that you're on at the moment, I ask this question to all my guests. What was a pivotal moment that's had the most impact on getting you to where you are today? I think being the kid that grew up in the caravan, you know, we didn't have any money. I wanted an Adidas tracksuit desperately. I wanted to wear three stripes and I wanted a pair of kicker shoes and I wanted an ombro coat and I wanted a fire trap coat and I wanted a backpack with branding on. And that was what gave you social status at school. And it was what I was desperate for. And... And I guess that's part of where my fashion, my kind of love of fashion merged in. It was what that did for your sort of credentials in the school grounds. You know, if you were the kind of slightly weird kid, which I was, you know, that lived off grid and, you know, didn't have any designer goods, then you're in a certain set. But the minute you turned up kind of looking remotely attractive and, you know, wearing a kind of wearing some designer brands. I mean, you instantly just were recognised by a different set of people, albeit that's ridiculous now when I look back. But at the time, that was really important to me. Now, before we get into the q and I'd like you to think about something. It's a question I think it was actually my very first guest on this podcast thought of. You don't have to answer it now. We'll come back to it at the end. When was the last time you learned something new? maybe something that's had an impact on the way you live your life and see the world, or it could just be something small, but that is impactful in terms of how your career is progressing. But we'll come back to it at the end. Okay, let me have a think, if I can, and talk at the same time. (laughs) Amy, I was moved to tears twice during Fashion Reimagined. I'm not sure if this was the intention, but this particular clip from the film really resonated with me. Let's take a quick listen to you reading a poem that your mother wrote for your birthday. Long, long ago in a very small town lived a little girl dreamer for her style was renowned. She wanted to be a designer, you see, and determined she was between you and me. So after the smoke, she set off in haste to make her designs that were just to her taste. 
After a while, she then stood her ground and told all around her something so sound. We must save our planet, but do it in style. So here's my collection. I know it's worthwhile. I also cried, by the way. So it's not abnormal, which is weird because it's I'm in the film, but it is it's emotional. And I actually think that's success. But, you know, we can touch on that uh, later. Perfect. OK, I do think this clip with the poem really provides the audience with insight into your passion for sustainable fashion and your determination to do it right with your brand. Now, one thing you're working hard to do is select the right materials for your brand. Can you tell us a bit more about that? So we focus on natural fibres. That's purely because synthetics have a multitude of problems, but there are designers, you know, you think about someone like Christopher Rayburn, who I admire a huge amount. He uses sort of, he recycles things. So re-recycling synthetics has a place too, because, you know, you could argue why take something from nature when we've already got stuff already on the planet? Why not just reuse that? Um, so there are arguments for both, but we choose the natural route because I'm very much interested in circularity and a lot of the sort of obviously circularity if you're recycling something already here that's number one part of that but you know you've got a whole issue is how do you re-recycle these garments how do you keep them out of landfill how do you stop all the micro plastic shedding off these garments when they go into the washing machine plus synthetic fabrics are not what you really want to be wearing against your body in my opinion you know you've got to think about polyester garment as the same as you think about a plastic bag. I mean, that is the truth. You're wearing a piece of packaging, you know, when you think about plastic bags. So we stuck to natural fibres and we believed it was more in harmony if it's done correctly. We wanted to take, you know, from nature and do it in the correct, best way. But we also truly believe that we don't want those things to just then be thrown away either. We want those to be re-recycled. So my favourite type of fibre is a natural fibre that's recycled and could be re-recycled. Were there any moments or have there been moments where you've just thought, you know what, I want to create beautiful clothes and this is just all too complicated and no one else is worrying about it in the way I'm worrying about it. So I'm just going to do this in, using traditional methods and I'm going to have an amazing collection and I'm going to be fitted and celebrated for that. And I don't need to worry so much about the sustainability side because it's just so hard. No, but the only reason I say that is because once you are powered by knowledge and you've learned what happens, you would have to be a bit of a psychopath to not want to do it in the correct way, even if that's the easiest option, you know. It's like when you find out truths about something, if you can continue using your old methods, I mean, where does that stand you as a person of integrity? I guess what I would have got to if I feel like it's too difficult, which I do many occasions, is I would probably just leave the industry rather than doing it in the wrong way. Okay. That's quite a big statement to make, but... I'm calling people psychopaths. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not calling people psychopaths, but the fact that you prefer not to do fashion if you can't do it in a way that you feel is right. I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty good about these things because it is something I feel strongly about, but it did, watching the film again, that evening, it was sort of looking at the clothes I was putting in the wash and thinking, do they need to be washed again? And what is that made of? And how often have I, what it does, it makes you rethink these things. And I, you know, I hope that will be the lasting legacy for the more kind of general population after this film. Let's get on to consumers. What is your advice for someone's grappling with this? They don't have the power to change the way that clothes are made. How can normal people play a part in this? The one thing consumers can all just do tomorrow that makes 
the best possible solution is to just buy less. And obviously there's a quote from Vivian Westwood, which is buy less, buy better. And that's obviously what we'd all like to do. But if you can't afford to buy better, you can still buy less. And there are so many amazing kind of small businesses or bigger businesses starting up that are talking or working towards circularity. So could you buy secondhand instead of buying first-hand products from, you know, a retailer? You know, we've got sites like Vinted and Depot for kind of, you know, one level of things. We've obviously got Vestier for like, you know, another level of things. But there's also um, a girl who I'm really passionate about has a um, company called Curate and Rotate. And her whole concept is kind of adding a luxury experience to the kind of secondhand resale market. Um, So there's just amazing other opportunities to buy secondhand. Rentals become much bigger. I never really got into it for myself just because I have a brand, but I know, you know, a lot of people swear by that. If you like going out a lot, you know, instead of buying multiple outfits, you know, renting is a new way. Resale is just huge. And it's another way for you to sell your garments on after you finish with them. Because it's not just about what you're buying, it's what you're doing after you've bought something too. And I mean, it really is simple. <laughs> just buy less, buy better, resell, circulate your product afterwards. And, you know, think about buying secondhand rather than primary things. It is quite simple and it's quite manageable for everyone. There's some really good advice in there. And as you said, it's not complicated here. That It can be really simple. Right, we're going to come back to the topic in a minute, but I want to quiz you with some reoccurring questions. I ask all my <laughs> guests these, so don't overthink them. They don't need to be long okay. answers. Okay. Why do you work? Why do I work? I work because I have to and I want to. <laughs> do you have a sense of purpose in your work? I'm a perfectionist, but I'm just, I literally can't lie. It's just not in me to be able to lie. It just can't even come out my mouth. And everything I have to do is sort of the best that I can do. I feel very guilty a lot of the time just for anything. And so whatever I do, and it doesn't have to be my work, I have to just do it correctly and the best possible way I can ethically. Otherwise I can't sleep at night. Do you have a sense of purpose in your life? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Same thing, you know, it's, I want to be a wonderful friend. I want to be a wonderful mother. I want to be a good partner to my husband. When are you the most creative? I am the most creative in my home when it's quiet and there's no one else really around and I have space to think. What makes you happy? My family. When are you offline? Never, but I'm trying to work on it. It's my New Year's resolution. Okay, well, we're nearly the end of February, Amy, so. (laughs) (laughs) When was the last time that you felt you were wasting your time and you had only yourself to blame for it? I feel like I'm wasting my time sometimes trying to convert fashion people, corporations, um, publications who say they want to be sustainable but don't really. I feel like I'm wasting my time sometimes. But I still keep going because I want to kind of convert the unconverted, not just speak to the people that are already converted. But sometimes I feel like I'm wasting my time. So that does bring us on to that moment in the film, which I found so emotional, where you're showing this beautiful collection that you've put your heart, soul, your entire team's weight behind. Buyers are coming from some really big name department stores and brands, and it just doesn't it's not that it's not resonating, but they all sort of seem stuck on the idea that this is a sustainable collection and, oh, well, we don't really have any others and I can't see a PR angle. Have things changed substantially since then? Because it's much more hopeful by the time you get to the end of the film 
Do you think things have moved on or are you, are you concerned that people are paying lip service to this now and, and we're not at that tipping point? Yeah. I mean, I would absolutely love to just give a very hopeful and happy answer. And, you know, I don't, I am sort of slightly grumpy in that film. I feel like they had to do quite a lot of my frown in there, but it's a bit of both. Like, it's a bit of both. There is definitely a movement. There's definitely a trend. There are definitely people more concerned. There are people more engaged. So I've met, I work with some wonderful humans, you know, even just people at Arizona Muse and, you know, she's, you know, what she's kind of dedicating her life to, you know, there are people that are moving their careers to do the right thing. And I think that's a really positive, passionate, wonderful sort of set of people to be centered with. And all those people offer me hope and happiness and light and actually a lot of, a lot of love. And then there's the whole side of the industry that. I would love to talk about details, but I, I won't, you know, just kind of who would RSVP to come into, you know, the event and not and what other events would happen at the same time and where people chose to go to versus that. It sort of really kind of divided the people that cared about the stuff and divided the people that just care about the fashion stuff. And that's the bit that's worrying, saddening and doesn't feel hopeful because it feels like there's it's lip service yeah I think that's that is the thing that concerns me there's a lot of talk about it and from consumers as well you know if you if you survey people I, I kind of don't like using the word consumers if you just survey people consumers yeah. are people they um we and I'm you know cut myself on that talk about or or vote and say yes we're concerned about these things but when push comes to shove especially when there's cost of living crisis and recession in certain countries people are thinking about their wallets rather than the planet first and Absolutely, that yeah. means this process just takes so much longer to have the impact that it really clearly needs to i think as well with that we are born into this is where i slightly become a feminist you know we're born into a very male world in that systems have been built in the way that they have without kind of our say so we have a very linear way that we think about things even just from a business it's profit and loss success is measured you know on a personal level of job titles and salary your success is measured on what your home looks like and you know and I, I was guilty to all of that in my 20s like that's just what I thought you had to do you know because we were just in this system even the education system teaches you you know to get your qualifications and get this job and work up the everything's working up a ladder and it's profit and loss and it's growth and that's the way we measure happiness success and profits are success you know and I think that is just the biggest issue that we face as a nation or as a world, as a, you know, across the globe, it's just we're looking at things in completely the wrong way. You know, what about if we looked at the money that we received for the work that we did and actually giving that back or a percentage of that back, the feeling that you get from helping others is a better feeling than it is holding on to it. You know, is it that your success actually should be measured on how much time you have? what quality of life you have, what your job actually is in terms of you enjoy doing every day with your life rather than just simply kind of salary and status. And I think if we just reassessed what happiness and success was, the rest of it would just fall into place. But unfortunately, we just live in this very structured 
world that we all kind of just fall into that system, the way we're advertised to, the way we're marketed to, the way, um, you know, we're sort of taught in our education system to live our lives, I think is just setting everybody up for actually, you know, potential unhappiness, sometimes failure and, you know, just continuing on this. We are on like train to the end of the world because everything is about ladders and growth. And actually, if we don't start thinking circular and and quality of life in a different way, then I mean, it is a one, it's a one way road to the end, isn't it? I actually had a question down here, which is, what is your measure of success? But I think you've not just answered <laughs> it, but you've gone you've gone beyond that. It's really thought provoking what you're saying. I thought I was coming to talk to you about fashion, and we're talking about much <laughs> bigger topics, which is really good, and it's also going to make me go away and you know look inward. I think um, after this conversation, do you? I mean, I guess with all of this as a backdrop, are you are you hopeful of what's in store in the coming years, or are you are you more pessimistic? Oh, I just, I really want to say hopeful. Honestly, I, I really do. And I have days where I do feel like that. And I have days where I just don't. And you know, these days, I'm not again, I'm moving off from fashion, but you know, I, I've learned so much. Well, once I started on this journey of, you know, sustainability, you know, in the film, Chloe and I were like, you know, what is cotton? Where is cotton grown? You end up sort of looking at international politics and trade agreements and, international policies they have on the way they treat like staff and their people and it just becomes you don't just become a designer looking at your fabric anymore it just becomes this kind of whole sort of global puzzle because fashion is global your supply chain is global and actually you can't do any of this without understanding the the playing field and then I guess the more I learned about that and the more I learned about sustainability and the more I started following kind of leaders in this space you know my Instagram feed is just filled with, you know, I might be looking and I don't just look at UK broadcast channels. I look at, you know, Al Jazeera, then I'm following people like George Monbiot, then I'm following like following Russell Brand, and then I'm looking at Vogue. And then, you know, my Instagram feed is completely filled these days. And with with so many things ranging from, you know, politics to fashion to sustainable platforms, etc. And it does fill me with worry sometimes because what we need is billionaires not to be billionaires. We need, you know, the Jeff Bezos is of the world to change. We need governments and corruption and politics to change. We need war to change. You know, and I guess the more you learn about that stuff, the more it feels like it's not just the fashion system that needs fixing, because the fashion system is just a kind of mirrored kind of version of the way we've built the entire world systems. And there's just so much that needs to change. So some days I feel overwhelmed with that information. But at the same time, you know, I you know, we talked about documentaries at the beginning, you know, you turn on a documentary like Sea Spirit, like look at the power that's had, you know, look at what the power of like Attenborough has. Like there are people out there, there are people changing. We just need more people to move over to that side and it's happening. It's just maybe not happening as quick as I would like to see, but maybe that's to do with me and and how quick I want things, who I am in general. I'm a very impatient person. So it depends who I'm surrounded by. It depends what's going on in the news that day. You know, I flip between the two of them, but if there's no hope, there's no point, you know. If I didn't have hope, I wouldn't have had my children because I questioned a lot whether I should have them. And in the end, I decided if I didn't, I would be living without hope and I would have already given up. So by the very nature of humanity, we have to have hope. It is out there. If we all think negative, then we're all just going to stop what we're doing. So I, I do feel concerned and I do feel conflicted, but you have to keep on with the fight. And also you have to keep on with the fight to to be able to sleep at night. 
well, what we need is more people like you and we need more people to listen to the message that you are sending out into the world, not just through the film. And these things have a, a power to affect lots more people than perhaps people who would be buying your clothing or lucky enough to see one of your presentations or anything like that. It does have that power in this world where people are looking for transparency. People do want to be better educated. It's that step after that, isn't it? Is So now I'm educated, what am I going to do? And there, there is that. There's a strong degree of personal responsibility that needs to come into that. There's a responsibility for governments and big corporates to take that on board as well. And then what we need are lots of brands like your own that then I guess I don't want to use the word trend when we're talking about sustainability because it's obviously so much more than that it kind of maybe lessens how important it is but trends do shift things trends become movements and this feels like a movement that is gaining speed and if there are people like you if people listen to people like you follow your lead then we will see change and I guess that's why how I come at it that yeah, no, and you're right. And I think people do want to be better. I don't think this is kind of like humanity is, you know, I mean, there are flaws in our just very makeup of humanity, but people do want to do better. I think some people just feel very overwhelmed on how to do that. And I always like to say it's a bit like someone once taught me, like when you have a list of things to do, which obviously when you have a business or, or you're a mother <laughs> or, you, you know, work, we all have that, you know, we're overwhelmed with the amount of things we have to do. Do the thing that you don't want to do first or the thing you least want to do first, you know, and it's kind of just like, it's always the first step, isn't it? It's always if you want to, you know, eat healthier or you want to, you know, start exercising or, you know, it's always the first bit that you just can't quite get the momentum to do it, you know? So I think it's just like, it isn't too big for you and it isn't too big for any of us. And even though it does feel so overwhelming, one step first, you know, people, obviously there's like a vegan movement. It's so important, but if you feel like you can't get to the vegan level, just cut out meat for one night a week to start with and then maybe the next night you know the next month try and do one one thing or set yourself one goal each month that's to do better and i guarantee it's a bit like going to the gym which i've just started doing you know the first month was hell and i was like oh my god i hate this but i started seeing results and this isn't because i want to be skinny i'm not, I'm not going down that route i want to feel fitter and i want to feel stronger i'm almost 40 and i measured myself the other day and I can see my body changing but I feel stronger I can run around after my children more and actually that's given me so much more energy to do even more and speed it up and I guess that is what we can all do you know we can all just do one little bit just take the challenge just start it off and then bit by bit you'll sort of get get more passionate and more inspired in that sector and I can tell you now the most success I've ever had in my business was once I started doing things in the way that were authentic and true to me. And I'm the happiest I've ever been in my career because every day I wake up and I feel better about what I do. And that is happiness and that is success. And we can all have that. So eloquent when you when you're talking about these things that you're so passionate about. (laughs) It just it, it comes out so well, Amy. Let's get back to the question from the beginning, which you won't have had time to think about because you've been talking so passionately. But can you think of the last time you learned something new that had an impact on the way that you live your life? I learn something new every day, don't we all? Isn't there something new to be learned every day? But what, I mean, they're just really simple things every day, you know. I'm a very analytical person, so I think they're just tiny things, you know. I look at my daughter and the way I I parenting her and, you know, her behaviour recently has been difficult and I had to look inward and realise why and it was because I wasn't, haven't been around because of this premiere for the last few few weeks and I brainstormed it out with a friend and I learned maybe 
what I needed to do to maybe try parenting her in a different way to get a different result. And within three days, I'd tweaked something and she's been a happier girl ever since. So, uh, yeah, I think we learn something new every single day and they're small things or they could be monumental things. I mean, that's lovely. Thank you so much for talking to me today and trying to talk to me on previous other <laughs> occasions. <laughs> I think I've seen more of you briefly over the last week than um, members of my own family, but I'm delighted we got to talk. I think this topic is so important. I think the film's amazing. Um, I think you're amazing. And I hope that in our little way here, we're going to try and amplify that message a little bit more. And mm, we'll make lots of people really consider their clothing and fashion choices moving forward so that this does become the real movement that it needs to be. So thank you. I think the truth is as well, it's it's clothing. It's all your purchases. You know, it doesn't have to just be just clothing. You know, it's kind of everything. Everything we buy has a footprint, doesn't it? And it's just kind of thinking about each and every time you consume something. You know, I always say, you know, do you need it? Do you want it? Are you going to keep it forever? You know, is it going to go to waste? And I guess it's just a new way of thinking about everything you're doing. Yeah, it really is. Amy, we'll let you go now. Um, you've got so many other responsibilities. <laughs> a film to get seen by as many people as possible, a fashion label to continue growing and um, that family as well. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And that's it for this episode. I hope together we've really amplified the message of sustainable fashion and it will help all of us consider our fashion choices moving forward. I really hope you found it all as interesting and insightful as I did. Let me know what you think about this podcast and the direction that you want it to be going in. You can write to me on lives at wgsn.com to give me your input. And do stay tuned. A new episode will be out shortly about how we all live our lives of tomorrow. I'm Carla Bazashi, CEO of WGSN. I'll see you next time.